Love has done its part. I let him reign in my life and my heart. Love has done its part. I let him reign in my life and my heart. Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with Lee. Lee, how's it going? I'm good, Jonathan. Good. You look refreshed from having been in Florida for a few days, and so that's that's kind of fun, right? I feel some refreshment, that's for sure. Well, good. Well, folks, we hope that um, you are you are doing well, and that um, you're you're working towards growth in your faith and your recovery. Uh, we know that this has been a somewhat of a tumultuous year, just with all the politics, and you know every presidential election year just has this sort of roller coaster of emotions. And I'm sure there's a lot of people this time of year that are now feeling a little bit spent and tired, and and uh, maybe just feeling some exhaustion. And hopefully, you're finding a way to get some rest and keep plugging away. But Lee, why don't you just tell us what's been on your heart and your mind lately, um, and how some of this politics actually is weaving into this issue of recovery and especially in terms of sexual brokenness. Sure, Jonathan. Well, I think uh, today uh, something that's really been on my heart is um, a recent law that was passed in California. It's Senate Bill 1172 that kind of says that uh, reparative therapy or, or counseling for helping someone come out of homosexuality is no longer going to be legal under this bill. Now, right now, it's just for adolescents, for for folks under the age of 18, um, but we're, I'm kind of looking ahead to how reparative therapy and counseling for folks who want to come out of homosexual sin, kind of the direction this begins to turn the tide a little bit. What is even the I mean, what would even be the the motivation behind this bill? Like, what was the uh, what was the pitch, so to speak, that was made to legislators in California to get them to think that this is not helpful? That this should be something that is considered illegal? Well, I'm sure it is no mystery, or it's it's not something that most of our listeners have probably already begun hearing, which is. That homosexuality is is a genetic factor, and therefore a person is born this way. And so, counseling and reparative therapy has begun. Uh, it has begun to be looked at by those uh, in the gay community as harmful to try to change someone who's born a certain way. And, and so, that's the key thing. They're trying to they're trying to hinge it on it being a. Uh, a, sort of a genetically encoded thing, so therefore, how could you attempt to change somebody if they are trying to say that it's something that's sort of genetically encoded? 
Absolutely. Right? They're saying that, you know, why would you send someone to a counselor to help change something that you were born with? Uh, for example, if I, my hair is brown and I want blonde hair and I want to change, you know, why would I want to be told why I should be told how I should be able to live with who I am and be happy with who I am? Unfortunately, though, there's still a lot of question marks out there as to whether homosexuality is really genetically based. Uh, our ministry, Shadow of His Wings, for instance, does not believe that it's genetically based. I came out of some homosexuality. My wife did as well. And so genetics is not something that we put a lot of stock in, especially when you look through the Bible. We believe that God would not have... Uh, claimed something in his word to not be his best and then cause a person to be genetically formed that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it sounds to me like um, there's just been a maybe a better effort on on the part of those who are, um, you know, maybe pro-gay or, or in terms of the homosexual lobbyists out there in California that have been able to maybe just strong arm a little better than the other side. Is that kind of how it feels? Well, it does feel that way, and I think that's why it's been on my heart today is because it is, it is so important that we as a Christian community uh, begin to look at God's truths and begin to try and help stand for those truths. Right. I think even in the church there is a real question mark about whether a person is born this way or whether it's genetic or not. And I guess I encourage folks to, to worry less about the genetics of it and understand the, the Bible, what the Bible says, what we believe is God's ultimate word on homosexuality. Not whether we love the sinner or not, because we all can still love the sinner, but not begin to sway to the fact of what, of what the sin really is and whether it's really God's best or not. It's okay to love someone and to disagree that it's a genetic or that somehow God created a person that way. Now, how do, you know, I'm thinking this through and I'm thinking, okay, let's say you're, you know, you're a 16-year-old kid. Because obviously you said this bill currently in its current state is for those who would be seeking help that are underage, right? That are not Absolutely. 18. And so what, what? What options does that give a 16-year-old or their parents when the 16-year-old, you know, comes to his mom and dad and says, you know what, or just, just comes to anyone and says, yeah, I really i am having these feelings. Um, I don't know what to do about them. I don't feel comfortable with them, and I'd like to get some help for my same-sex attraction. This bill is essentially saying that kid is out of luck. That, that kid is out of luck. That kid is uh, not going to be able to find someone who will help him. And if he does, they will have to give him both sides of the coin. They will have to tell him that, yes, uh, they can perhaps help him. but they And that's where the grayness of this whole bill is right now. Uh, they, they might perhaps help him, but they must also offer to him that he is potentially born this way and therefore, why would he want to change? And so they will also have to offer him counseling to help him come to understand his own gay, gay identity. So really, that teenager doesn't get what he really wants, nor do his parents get what they really want if they just want him to understand another side to the coin. Maybe he is absolutely in favor of his homosexuality. Maybe 
he's come against or come in with a group at school who believes that homosexuality is something you're born with and that he's born this way and this is okay. And maybe his parents just want to offer him a different perspective. They will no longer be able to do that either. They will no longer be able to take him to a a counselor who can say, hey, just consider at some point if you ever do think this isn't God's best for your life, just consider that there is help to get to find freedom there if you choose it. That's what I think is so important for most of the ministries. I know there's some on the fringe who don't do this, but most ministries out there who work with the homosexual population who want to change truly just offer that. They want they offer a place to change if that's that person's desire. There isn't anyone out there with hooks and, and, right, and ropes yeah. tying people up and dragging them off to get healing. We only offer counseling for those people who come in and say, I would like to get change. I would like to see change. And I think that's the beautiful uh, thing about people's stories is no one can change my story. I know that God healed me. Mm-hmm. So there really isn't a big discussion in my mind about whether someone believes it's genetic or not. I believe that God has said it's not his best. I think he pronounces that pretty clearly in his word. And I believe he offers freedom. Mm-hmm. But now we have this bill that's introducing, at least in California at this point, and a couple other states who are trying to go after it, introducing that you no longer even have the freedom to find an other option besides you were born this way. Be happy with it. Well, and and what's amazing to me is that there are a lot of stories like your story. Absolutely. I mean, there are a lot. I mean, thousands of people who have experienced what you have experienced in terms of a true transformation. Amen. So how do how do legislators how does the other side of this argument how do they just sort of sweep away all of those stories and and they it sounds to me like some you know sometimes of what i've heard them say is that listen you're just in denial sure so that so how do they get a how do they get enough people convinced that thousands of people are just in denial well unfortunately and i guess that's why i think it's so important to begin talking to those people who who have not had this in their life, who've never known anybody or may have known somebody in a distant relationship, it's time to start talking to those people who attend church or don't attend church, but get that gut feeling that, you know, there is something here that we need to start looking at because Mm -hmm. most of the gay community as well as the legislation that follows their plea, which is I'm okay exactly the way I am, They don't really give much credit to those of us who have changed because they look at that and say, oh, yeah, you're just going to say God did something big. And we'll probably find out two years from now or five years from now or even three months from now that you've been sneaking around doing sex behind everybody's back. And that's just what's going to happen because we put all of at least our society puts all of our focus right now on those people who have come back later and said, oh, sorry, I did try to change. Mm -hmm. Now I realize that I can't. And I don't really want to. We don't do that with any other issue of brokenness. An alcoholic can continue to drink after he's had years of sobriety, and we call it falling off the wagon. He doesn't say, I'm truly an alcoholic. He can still go back and get healing. But in this particular issue, if anybody's ever said, I'm free, and yet they fall, they're somehow discredited because, guess what? They weren't really healed in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I think if we don't, as a community of believers even, start talking about some of this in church and start opening our doors a little bit to begin saying, how does the church handle homosexuality? Then it's not necessarily it's not it's not an excuse anymore that well I'm a, as a church we don't want to get on, involved in a political arena. It's really now you're about to to turn away well-seeking homosexuals who may want to change, and you've told them we can't even help you anymore because the laws are beginning to change that. So how do our listeners then, how do, I mean, you talk about, you know, it's important for us as the church, as the body of believers, to um, sort of set the pace on this and be those who are not going to think that it's merely this political issue, but that we really do need to help those who are struggling with homosexual feelings but want to change. What are some things that our listeners can do maybe with their church or what are, you know, maybe there's some church leaders that are listening right now. What can the church as the body of Christ be doing just sort of as sort of boots on the ground kind of stuff, regardless of what may be going on in the counseling arena or in the legislative arena? What are some things that even right now, in light of, hey, there are, there are bills that are being passed that are trying to make it illegal to help folks who want to change something that they want to change about their lives? What are some things that our listeners and just believers can do to help? Well, I think one of the first and foremost ones is for churches to begin discussions about what do we really believe about homosexuality? Because unfortunately, there's a lot of churches out there who, who don't discuss it and have a lot of members swaying back and forth about, you know, do we believe that God created people this way? Or do we believe that it's still a sin and it's something that we should at least stand in truth against? Please hear me loud and clear. I came from that area, mm-hmm. and so I am not judging the homosexual. I'm not offering them that they shouldn't be allowed in church. That's our fight, is that they should be allowed in church. They should be allowed in those places that can help them and can love them and to show them true love of Christ. But what I'm more concerned about are these churches that I'm beginning to hear from that are saying, well, we even believe that perhaps the Bible's not quite correct. That in this one area, perhaps God did allow homosexuals to be born that way. And that maybe it's just not a good sign of of our times to continue to believe in an outdated part of the Bible. And I think churches just have to begin to at least talk about it. I mean, we are certainly available for people to call upon us and have us come and speak. So they actually have a face to put with a name that says, I did change. God did heal me. It isn't that we're born that way. I think if churches can begin to settle on what they truly believe, then that's the first part of the battle. The second part is, unfortunately, well-meaning Christians, not necessarily uh, churches, but Christians should begin fighting for these people's rights to know the truth before they're legislated out of an option anymore. Because what are we going to do if these folks who struggle in homosexuality really do want to find freedom, but the doors have all been closed because now even churches can't discuss it because it's illegal? Mm-hmm. Those, are the, those are the things that we have to begin looking at now. And I know some people might say, well, this is just SB 1172. It's just happening in California. It hasn't hit anywhere else yet. It's just for adolescents. But it's beginning to crack that door that says that legislation is going to begin to dictate 
the kind of counseling we can do. And that's, that's just a step away from saying now you can no longer counsel men and women, even who are adults, who are seeking freedom. And that's really the thing about our, our legal system that I think makes this so important is the issue of precedence. So once a precedent has been set, then it opens a door for other legislation that can come down that same pike. Absolutely. So, you know, you're right. Oh, it's just SB 1172. It's just, you know, you can say no big deal. But I I really believe that this is more strategic than just a few people out in California that are that are trying to get it on the books that it should be illegal for a counselor to be able to help a teenager who is wanting to change some unwanted homosexual feelings. Absolutely. Because I really believe the agenda is is more national than that and the agenda is broader than that because I have um I have yet to see whenever these lobbying groups get what they want stop at what they want. Absolutely. There's always something more behind those initial um pushes, those initial lobbying because it's like they're going to go for what they know they might be able to get in order to be able to set a precedent for what they really want down sure. the road. Um, and, and you know, I'm, I'm imagining that some of this could fall in line with sort of the general idea of what they might consider hate crime. Is that kind of is, is that part of what they're trying to define it as? Well, they aren't, but I believe in time legislation will begin to dictate that any discussion, any sermon, any counseling that indicates that homosexuality is not an inborn trait and is something you can change, it will ultimately go to that it will be legislated as a hate crime. And and hasn't this already happened in Canada in terms of like uh, pastors no longer being able to preach from the pulpit the truth that God's word says about homosexuality? That's right. And so the amazing thing about it is, and this is something I wanted to address, is, you know, you're going to hear probably, and this is to all of our listeners, these horror stories of how parents have dragged their teenagers into a counselor and the counselor's told them they're going to hell and it's terrible to be gay and you shouldn't, you know, you've got to stop this and they have either gone on and become depressed or gone on and become suicidal those, those, I'm not discounting those true stories that you're probably going to hear about out there, but we must at least begin looking at, does that mean that those teenagers and or adults in some future possibility who really do want to change and now can't find anybody to help them, that they won't also feel depression and, and suicidal ideation at some point if they can't find a place that will at least help them know, guess what, you're loved? God has never turned his back on you, and there's a place to change if you want to. And and the reality is, is there are there are lousy, um, unhelpful counselors all over the place. Absolutely, in, in every area. <laughs> so Absolutely, like you can try to go get help for an anxiety disorder. You can try to go get help for an alcohol problem, or and you could get those exact same stories. Sure, but because it's attached to this issue. Man, it's it seems to be much more uh, volatile of a response that people are trying to elicit. Right. 
Which is why I think it's so important to keep hanging on to the idea we are not trying to force people to change. God didn't force me to change. He didn't force you to change Mm -hmm. either, right? He doesn't force people in whatever sin to change. That's not what we are trying to do. Down through the ages, people have tried to force change. Not just in the area of homosexuality. We're talking in every area of sin. And forcing change doesn't help. But the truth of the matter is, is all we're asking for is for you as a listener to begin looking into what happens if somebody really walks into a counseling office, a church, a pastoral care office, who really just wants to change. Will they still have the right to try and change under SB 1172 or any bills that come after it as this door gets cracked open? You know, one of the th- stories that comes to my mind on this idea of, listen, we're, we're not forcing anybody to change, and, and God isn't force, didn't force us to change in our recovery. I think of the story where the, where the rich young ruler comes up to Jesus. Now, keep in mind, he's the one coming to ask the questions of Jesus. Absolutely. And he's basically saying, hey, what do I need to gain eternal life? And he tells him about the, the laws. He says, well, I've already done that. And he says, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And it says that the ruler walked away sad, and Jesus didn't go chasing after him, didn't didn't grab him by the collar and say, no, you have to change. I mean, I, I need to force you. To, you must change. Right. And I think that's a great picture because it's like what this law is basically saying is for that person who wants to come to Jesus or who wants to come to a counselor and says, I have questions about life. I have questions about what I'm struggling with. I have questions about where I feel at a loss. What this law is basically saying is you can't come ask those questions anymore. Absolutely. Because even when that, again, when that rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked the question, Jesus gave him the answer. And then the, 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 the young ruler, he's the one that ultimately had to make the decision about what he was going to do with it. Sure. So when somebody comes to us or they come to your ministry and they've got questions and they're struggling with same-sex attraction, we are going to tell them the truth from God's Word about His best for our sexuality and how He's designed us, and we believe that does not include homosexual acts. Right. They are still left with a choice of what they're going to do with that. Sure. We're not going to chase after. We're not going to run them down. We're not going to grab them by the collar and shake them and say, no, you've got to change. We're going to say, here is the truth. You, you make your choice about what you want to do with it. Absolutely, which is exactly what we do in every case where a teenager or his parents or her parents are bringing them there for counseling. We ask them, do you want to be here? And if they say no, then we say, okay, all we can do this first time meeting with you is we give you our story. And let me just tell you what's happened in my life. And we plant whatever seeds of truth God wants to plant. And if they want to come back, it's up to them. We don't leave it up to the parents. We ask them, do you want to come back? And if they say no, then we encourage the parents. Give them that honor of saying, no, I don't want to right now, and allow God to work in these seeds of truth that have just been planted for them. And there may come a day when they'll come back and go, hey, wait a minute, I do remember that person saying there's an option. That's the scary part of SB 1172 and any other bill that might prevent counseling, talking, pastoral care for folks seeking freedom from homosexuality. If they can't find that place, or if it's illegal to find that place, then how will they ever be set free? Mm -hmm. And so as Christians, we must especially be looking at this fight and saying, we are here now to change, to begin looking at this so that these people have a, a, a road to freedom if they choose it. 
that it won't be shut down by some law. And that's just it. I hope our listeners, I hope what you're hearing is that there is a fundamental shift that's going on with this bill that, you know, historically in our country, the the legal system and the laws that we have, and even they were founded ultimately way back when God is the one that established the first laws. And law in and of itself is meant to be a protective boundary. Absolutely. And, and that's a good thing. But the fundamental shift that this law is producing is it's not about being a protective boundary. It's about preventing help. Sure. It's about, in, in essence, it is forcing the, if I can even put it this way, sort of forcing the fate of these young people who are saying, I'm struggling with feelings that I'm confused about, and yet I only have one option. I can only keep diving into it. I don't have any anywhere to anywhere to have a sounding board. I don't have anywhere to be able to share these feelings where I could possibly get an alternate answer other than you have to continue down this homosexual pathway. Absolutely. And not only do you have to stay down that path, we'll keep putting people in your path that will keep encouraging you to stay on the path. Mm-hmm. Oh, this just must be you. You must have trouble. You're having trouble accepting your new identity. And that goes, that I can tell you from my own story, that flies in the face of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because while anybody else, which is I grew up in a different time, and there weren't too many people saying, oh, you should be happy with who you are, just accept it. But in the, in the moments where I did hear that, I could hear the Holy Spirit still loudly say, say that's not my best for you, Lee. But when you have everyone voicing it now, it's much harder for a teenager or for a, a guy or a, or a female even just coming out into this world, even as an adult, it's very hard to hear the Holy Spirit saying, that's not my best, when everybody else is yelling, no, it is his best. God loves you. Be who you are. Accept your homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem, is just wondering, are we condemning those folks to a life that God never intended to, for them? Because we as Christians didn't stand up for their freedoms ahead of time. Yeah, and so I think there's a great responsibility that we have. Is there anything, I mean, I, I'm, we've got listeners in California I mean, is it too late? Is this something that was that was already voted in, or is it? I mean, what's the appellate process? Do you know anything about if something like this gets voted in? Is there a place that they can contact? Do they contact their local, you know, congressperson or whatever? I don't know how that works. If there's more information that people may want to get about this bill, um, would they just go to like the the state? You know, um, well, I would start by co- contacting their state representatives first and foremost. I know that there are different entities out there fighting it. You know, Google SB 1172. Begin to look, talk to your church about this. I, especially in California, there's a couple mm-hmm. other states that are also beginning to try to pass something like this. But I think if you can get to your your state representatives, you can begin talking to them about this is not something we want to see in our state. I think the bigger issue is is to begin talking to those people at your church who can begin allowing education to mm-hmm. be t- you know i know that's kind of the the whole new age kind of right you know, i mean sorry left wing kind of word is oh they must be educated but guess what we too need to be educated as well yeah. churches need to be educated on what homosexuality what the changes in legislation is beginning to look like and what the beliefs are and what they're not and whether churches are willing to stand up 
to this agenda that says homosexuality is genetic. Mm -hmm. And if they're not willing to do that, that's okay. But if they are, then they need to know that there are people out here who are willing to come and talk, to tell them their stories. Uh, There's great resources online to begin looking up opportunities to hear other testimonies. You just got to begin looking out there. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Now let it rain